All right, Edie. Whoa, my voice just came through a little more on that one. I don't know what happened. Some technical difficulties on my part, but we are doing it. Um, new place here in, in Arizona in spring training. You're up in Seattle, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's great. We wish you were down here. Um, but since you're not, we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast, and hopefully some of this stuff gets to the guys, and um, we'll get it going. Perfect. I wish I was there too. So yeah. sounds good. Well, it's such an integral part of athletes' performance, right? And so I I feel like you could just be with be with us all the time and be really helpful, but it's not the way it is right now. And but it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, We're working towards that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I should probably introduce you. Um, your name is Edith Schreckengast. Yep. Got it. <laughs> yep. Got it. But no one says that. Everyone just calls you Edie. Yep. Which is much better for my brain. And I think <laughs> some of the other players that will be talking to you. So that's good. Uh, so Edie, uh, stoked to talk to you. I, it's always, you know, a lot of the podcasts that I do are free flowing and there's no, like, I've never sent questions to anybody. You know, I've never said, Hey, let's talk about this. It's always just kind of been, let's just go with the flow. And I, and I want to do that with you, but I will say there's a little bit of, uh, you know, if, if there is a person that I feel like I, I would want to do like, Hey, top three things to be healthier with, you know, your diet or whatever, it would be you mm-hmm. because <laughs> whenever I, we talked a few times and whenever you start talking, I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, how is this going to, you know, there's, there's yeah. some things where it gets really co- uh, complicated, but it doesn't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. and this is where I probably should shut up and let you start talking. <laughs> oh, but, no, no. Uh, you, yeah, you want it to be simple nutrition, but it yeah. can get so simple sounds easy, but nutrition gets so complex and convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us, tell us, you know, maybe about your background first. Um, what, what your title is, I guess, if that, if that's a good way to say it. I don't know if that's a way to say it, but like all the letters or letters behind your, uh, your name and all that. Give us a background on that. <laughs> yeah. So I am a registered dietitian or it's also called registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, so basically I am the nutrition expert and I, I love what I do and not just that I'm also a sports dietitian. So I have my CSSD. So certified sports specialist in dietetics. So that's the credential you want to see if you're working with a sports dietitian. Why is there a distinction between the sports what did you say? A sports dietitian? Dietitian. Yeah. And just like a, a, the other, whatever the other one is. Yeah, totally. It's like if you went to a general practitioner, but you need to go to a cardiologist, you wanted a specialist in heart health. So you'd go to the cardiologist. So it's just like um, that in that the CSSD distinction means that I've worked with athletes for a certain amount of hours. I've also sat for an additional exam and I keep up that exam every five years. You have to retake it. So making sure they're keeping up with education, uh, credentialing, and just, you know, being in tuned into best practices. I guess my question is, though, why, why would you want to, like, wouldn't uh, a nutrition, the, the plan that you have for anybody, mm-hmm. 
why wouldn't that be the same for athletes and vice versa? Oh like why, yeah. Yeah. Why is there a distinction that, Oh, well, I'm going to give those athletes some really yeah. good stuff. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the normal folk, they're just going to get, you know, general, yeah, general so, medical nutrition therapy. Yeah. yeah exactly. All the, all the general stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it, it really, so uh, when you boil down nutrition, it, it's basic for everybody. It's basically the same, but when you really are delving down to sports nutrition, you really want to, um, dial in that one or 2% gain that can really make a difference in an athlete or a player's, um, career, but not just that the longevity of it, the decreased risk for injury, because if they're injured, even if they have an increased chance of injury, two to 5%, that's huge. That's playing time that they're not going to get back. So having like a specific performance nutrition plan really elevates their game and it can make like a good athlete, great and a great athlete. Good. So that's where mm. you really highlight the difference. Oh man, this is going to be a long conversation. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, because there are very distinctive, like the, like the, um, I, I don't know how to say it, but the, there are, um, like defined things that are, you know, minimal or not minimal. Gosh, I don't know how to say this, but see, this is where I get lost yeah. with the, yeah, you know, with, with how, you know, studied you are in your, in your mm -hmm. profession. It's so foreign to me. Yeah. But yeah. And it, yeah, it shouldn't be because what <laughs> you're, you're doing, like what you're doing is pretty much the same as what I'm doing. We're just trying to create better performers. And, mm -hmm. and what you do is I can't do what I do as a mental skills coach without you. Right. Like if, if people Vice are eating versa. terribly, then I, I've got no chance. Um, where would, so where would be a good place to start with understanding, because I obviously have a hard time understanding, where would be a good place to, to start with understanding what is good to put in my body, why, how, all of the things, like, how do we, totally. how, do, how do we understand, like, when I, when I eat something, how do I, because there's mm -hmm. so much information I listen to a million podcasts and every time I come away from one, I'm like, okay, it's just like eat non, like, pro, like non-processed foods and, you know, organic. Got mm -hmm. it. But I, I, I feel like there's more to it than that. Oh, there's so much more. Yeah. Where's, yeah. A, where's a good place to start for dummies? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's just keeping it simple and it's very individualized. So if you're reading something or like, oh, this is the magic pill probably isn't going to be the case. Um, and unfortunately, it's also a multi-billion dollar industry, mm. food, supplements, um, diet, you know, programs. So um, being informed of what you're reading um, is always a good place to start, but that can be really, uh, really difficult to like discern or what's the best source. So for general, like where's a good place to start for healthy nutrition and how to like just feel good, it's, it's keeping it basics. So if you're cutting out full food groups, what are you replacing it with? Like, if you're like, oh, my buddy cut this out and he feels great and da, 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 you might be missing some really important nutrients and that sets you up for def deficiencies and you don't want to see that. So making sure that you're eating consistently through the day, like you're having meals, you're not skipping meals. 
then also, you know, you're, you're honoring your hunger. So you're not eating to the point where you're completely overstuffed because you went 20 hours without eating. Uh, so you have that meal times in there and then just getting a variety, like making sure that you're getting different food groups. And I always like say, keep it simple. Performance plate is going to be three food groups. So you got some veggies on there or fruit, protein, and a carb. Um, and that would be four, which would be awesome right there. And then like a snacks, you want a power snack. So if you have a banana, like add some peanut butter to it, or if you have a cliff bar, have an apple with it. So you're getting different combinations and you feel more satisfied from it. So that really sets you up for checking some of the, the major boxes and then hydration critical. You can't go dehydrated and expect to feel well. So, yeah. So the part where you just said like, you know, add some peanut butter on it, on the banana or whatever, that's where it kind of can get. Like most people probably don't know that. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even tell you why you want to do that. So that's where <laughs> it gets weird, right? But like the simple part, I get veggies, you know, mm -hmm. some protein, whatever it is. That that seems simple. But then when once you start going into like, oh, you know, just add some peanut butter, or the, or, you know, yep. do this. That's where I'm like, well, why? And like when and how much and yeah, what, what exactly. does it look like? Like I know if totally. I eat half a jar of peanut butter, it's probably not good. <laughs> you know, like how much peanut butter is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like totally. So when I, when I mentioned like the power snacks, like when you're having a snack, say in between it's, you know, three to four hours and you're hungry, like you're like, Hey, I could eat something. The, the banana itself is great. You know, you get carbs, potassium, but in an hour, you're probably going to be hungry again. Like it's not going to last that long. So you, what is missing is protein and fat. So you're adding a fat and a little bit of protein and fiber with the peanut butter. And now you have that fat on your tongue and you feel more satisfied from it. So you feel fuller longer, not just from what's the taste on your tongue that tells your brain, Hey, you got some um, nutrients in here that has more energy, more calories. Um, but then you're also satisfied because it takes a little bit longer to break down. So if you probably had two to four tablespoons of peanut butter, um, pr max four tablespoons, but two tablespoons of peanut butter with banana, you're going to feel lasting power from that snack. Mm. Okay. I, I feel like what you do is you're providing uh, information on how to give as much energy to your body as possible and yeah. the correct energy. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes into that, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I'm wondering how you you know so when we when we do a you know a heavy exercise and we get into an anaerobic state we burn glycogen yep how do we how do we get what is glycogen like how do you get yeah. it in, how do you get how do you get more of that um where do we get to the point where we're burning fat ex, mm -hmm. you know instead of like just being completely oxygenated and using oxygen in more of an aerobic state how do, like how do we understand that better like yeah. I, I think i asked like seven questions in that question <laughs> but i, yeah. I kind of just want you to fire away so go ahead sure sure i love it yeah so when we're looking at you know nutrition for performance i think i'm thinking of two things for the players so first there's two criterias the nutrition it has to help support their health and their well-being but then not just that there has to be a nutrition component for the specific performance which you mentioned so when you're looking at glycogen stores that's your long-term energy stores and that only comes from carbs um, or glucose or sugar so basically say you ate that banana the bread the pasta sweet potatoes 
um, for example, that's broken down into your system. Um, that carb is broken down into glucose and then stored in your muscles for long-term storage as glycogen. There's some of it in your liver um, that will be produced a little bit um, in activity and a little bit in your, throughout your bloodstream, but long-term storage muscles. So when you have a guy coming in under fueled, um, and then he goes to batting practice or he's doing, you know, these, all these games day in, day out and traveling and missing fueling opportunities. He's really setting him up, not just for poor performance, but brain fatigue, uh, decrease in ability to recover quicker. Um, coordination, cognition can be off because his muscles aren't optimally fueled with getting that in. So after you do a super hard workout, it's a great time to not just prime your muscles for recovery with protein, but also carbs. So then that helps with increasing um, energy expenditure because then the next time you show up to practice, you can try that a little bit harder or go that, you know, extra one or 2% in practice that starts to yield over time, the dividends you see in performance mm-hmm. and like body composition. Okay. So what's long-term storage? Are we talking like mm-hmm. uh, eating something well before a three-hour baseball game or like you just said, after the game, you, you want to have those carbs for the next day or what, what's, yeah. what do we mean by long-term storage? So important. It's so it's day to day. So it really is when you wake up, um, say you have a 2 p.m. game, um, you wake up, you have breakfast. Sometimes guys sleep in or skip breakfast and then they go to the ballpark and they have their first meal. So you're missing that fueling opportunity to top off your stores. Because if you think about it, um, the sports nutrition, I mean, probably for this analogy before, but your body's a high performance sports car. So we want to put gas, which is the glycogen or the glucose into your tank. That's the gas. So if you're missing that morning opportunity to fuel, um, say eight, 10, at least by 10, you're eat, have eaten a breakfast. Um, it could be, for example, um, like a bagel, eggs and a fruit. Great. You're on the road, you're on the bus, you're getting to the ballpark. Now you're having lunch, which can be um, like a cold cut sandwich with some fruit, um, maybe a little bit of chips, but you don't want something that's super heavy that come game time. It's just sitting there. Like if you had, you know, three cheeseburgers, that probably wouldn't feel so good. Um, so then that's 11 or noon. And then by, you know, one to two, right before you start, you definitely you're warming up, but you might want like a sports drink or something that's easily digested, like applesauce, maybe a yogurt. Um, so that would just top off that fuel store. Mm. So when you get to the game, you're like, okay, I feel great. I feel good. Um, if nerves are issued too, that can slow digestion. So that means, uh, I work with players that might have to increase the, what they have prior and leave a little bit more time to digest. Cause for example, fat protein and fiber don't, they're the slowest to digest. So if you're coming in and you're like, Hey, my muscles, I need to refuel, um, but I don't know what to eat. And that can really equate to having some issues when you're starting the the practice or the game. Because if it doesn't digest, we've all been there. It's not fun. Yeah. And and so what what came to my mind is a a lot of guys are into intermittent fasting. Yep. I don't know a lot of guys that eat breakfast anymore. It doesn't seem like that, right? And that seems like a very important thing to you. And Mm -hmm. games are usually at night. Yep. So they're eating late. And typically, I, I mean, I probably, I don't know for sure, but I don't know if a lot of guys are waking up early to eat for a seven o'clock game. So is what I'm hearing that it depends on the time of the game that you want to schedule your eating around. So if I have a seven o'clock game, I get home at midnight, 
Mm-hmm. And I got a seven o'clock game the next day, but I probably don't fall asleep till two. I wake up at 10. Is that like, what do you do then? Totally. It's the same. Um, and yeah, it really is scheduling it based on the performance when you want to perform. Okay. So say they come back at midnight, usually too, like after the game, 10, 11, there, there'll be some type of meal there that they grab and go sandwich um, steak, pasta, like rice, veggie, they're getting something in, um, post game, which is ideal. Um, and then when they get home and then they could top off with like a quick protein shake, if they have protein powder, maybe some, um, frozen berries or the pre-made ones, um, that they can just have to top off if they're hungry. Uh, and that's always great. And then what you want to do and say they get up at like that 10, 11, then they just eat. That's their first time to eat within an hour ideally they're having their first meal. So it's all based on when they're able to get up. Okay. This is a very basic question, but you, what you just said, just spurred it for me. What is, what kind of meal should you eat at night after a game, like Mm -hmm. proteins, carbs, whatever. And then what do you want to start off with? Totally. So start off like for the the next day, like when you're okay. Yeah. So post game, you're looking at, recovery nutrition right so that that's the purpose um you've just utilized muscles cognition like you want to recover as quick as you can be um for the next day just because the games are so back-to-back like a travel schedule it's intense it's grueling so if you're missing an opportunity it really starts to set you up for that um it's like a snowball effect of like oh man when you get halfway through the season and you're fatigued like what's the end of the season going to look like for you it's really hard to get out of that hole once you start digging it. So once you've ended the game, it's really important that you do focus on protein, but you also get that carbon. So I've had players before where they double up on the steak and chicken, but then they cut out the rice and they might have a veggie or dessert to go. Um, and then they're missing out on that carb that refuels their muscles. So you have a great side of a chicken, fish, or steak on your plate. Then you have one third of your plate, that carb, like rice, quinoa. Um, I love rice because it's, it's quick post game. It's usually taste. It's hot. It's easy, especially when you have in the boxes to go, it, it keeps well, um, or pasta. And then you can have any side of veggie, as long as they got some type of color on their plate. That's great. That's a great post post game recovery meal. And then how much space between your last bite to where you go to sleep? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually they're, if they're ending the game around 10 or 11, they're usually eating probably by usually 11 PM. It really depends mm-hmm. on when the game ends. So as soon as they can get it in, that's when you want to eat it. And then within two to four hours, being able to go to bed or unwind, it really depends on the player. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're doing, if you're pushing the boundary to that four hours until you go to bed, you really should have like a a beverage or recovery protein shake mm. just so you're topping off for the next day because then that's a long time fasting from once you go to bed to when you've the last time you eat to when you eat next. What, what is that? So we want to yeah. what does that do? Yeah. yeah. Over time, just because the season it can be so um so many games, you know, 162 games, 180 days, around about, it sets you up for increased risk for injury if you're under fuel because what we want to see is increase in recovery, but when that recovery is delayed or we're not quite getting the correct fuel, like you're only getting fat or protein and no carbs, um, then it really sets you up for increase in injury, but burnout. Um, also issues with um, just like potential micronutrient deficiencies 
and then hormone deficiencies. So your thyroid might be suppressed. So then that might affect your sleep or your metabolism. So then it's not, it's a cascade effect of now you're not sleeping well. So you're increasing fatigue, but you're also not eating as well. Their timing's off. So it's a double whammy of just not having a harder time to focus, have motivation, but then also perform as well. Um, and it can be not fun. Yeah. Yeah. How, another basic dumb question here, but like how I love these, give me, give me the, <laughs> yeah. Give me the reason why food helps re with recovery. Oh, I love it. Okay. So basics for the benefits of like performance nutrition, um, just starting off, uh, increase in overall performance and not just on the field, but also off. So everything we do starts with our body and our mind. Um, so when we can elevate that or help support that our day-to-day -day functioning is just better. Um, and number two, also increase in conditioning. So you condition better Then you increase in strength, right? That helps mm -hmm. increase in motivation ability to focus coordination, cognition, um, when you're well-fueled versus not fueled, um, increase in metabolism, it boosts your immune system. And that all yields to better recovery time, promotes muscle growth. Mm -hmm. It spares muscle breakdown and it decreases that risk for injury. So for example, athletes that are under fueled or chronic energy deficit. Um, and so that's under fueled. You're not eating as well. Uh, at five times more likely to get a stress fracture if they do like a compound sport. So like running or, um, they have a lot of, um, you know, weight that they're, they're moving around on a daily basis. So like, uh, soccer and uh, soccer, baseball, like, um, basketball, all those increased risk for injury when under fueled. It just seems like most guys aren't under fueled. I yeah. Like I don't know many guys that aren't eating a lot. Mm -hmm. And they, they need to, to keep up the energy, but then it can go also the other way over fueled. And then that, that changes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. work with, yeah, a lot that's, of players. That's me. That's me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I consider it, I'm a retired athlete, so, yeah. um, not running any marathons. So yeah. So I overfuel. um, and I love it, but yeah. So a lot of the players too, when you're traveling, you're the, not the best options are available. So you're going to be eating higher density food items and maybe not ideal. And so then also stress or schedule change, uh, late night eating that can increase uh, energy intake later when you're not utilizing it. Um, so yeah, so at least the overeating. So it's finding strategies like, okay, when you go to the vending machine, these are probably going to be the options, not the best. So before you even leave the hotel or before you start traveling, throw X, Y, and Z into your bag for your travel bag. So you have some snacks on you, mm -hmm. like some nuts, some fruit, dried fruit, trail mix. So you have that available to you. Okay. I'm hearing a lot, a lot of food. I would love it if you were my, I'd be like, hey, we can talk all the time. I'd yeah. Be, I'd be eating all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, do you feel comfortable talking about like hormone release and stuff like that? Yeah. I, I so have a weird, like I love hearing about that and like yeah. what chemicals are happening in our mm -hmm. body when you eat a meal before a performance or after a performance and how that informs what we do. I, I'd love to know more about like, I, this may be, guys might tune out on this part, but I really think it's cool to hear like what's actually happening inside our body 
with the nutrition that we give it. So can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Oh, for sure. There's so our our brain and our gut are connected. So when we're when we think of nutrition, we're like, oh yeah, like uh, this is for physical. It's also for mental, and it has so much. It plays such a big role into um, how you feel, not just from energy level, but also how you feel from are you happier? Like, are you able to be more focused or feel like you're more motivated or engaged with what's going on around you instead of just going through the motions? Um, so when we're eating well, a lot of that is balanced out. Um, when we're in a stress state or we're not, we're eating more inflammatory foods um, or there's something stressful, like, oh man, like something happened and you're like, ah, that really stressed me out. I lost my keys. Like I'm locked out of the hotel. My phone died. Like so many different things are happening. That releases cortisol. And what cortisol, that's a stress hormone. It's like, hey, fight or flight. Like you got to do something. And that helps promote inflammation. And so when your cortisol levels are elevated, you're not going to want to build new muscle. Mm -hmm. Your body's like, no. What we want to do is more, make sure we maintain our fat or increase those fat stores because that's going to keep you surviving. Mm -hmm. So you're going to crave potentially more salty, especially sugar, sugary food items that give you that quick fix. Cause then that tells your body to be able to tell your brain you're okay. So, so what, what, so cortisol is produced uh, from the adrenals, right? Mm -hmm. So how, mm -hmm. what foods release cortisol? Yeah. So it's, it's, more like interconnected with what's happening and also not, not just a specific food item okay. would raise that. It's more, yeah. What's happening to your body is mm -hmm. your body not eaten in 20 hours, right? Or did you overeat? Mm -hmm. And now that's stressing the system to process you. the nutrient. Yeah. So, um, um yeah. pro-inflammatory foods would increase not cortisol levels, but just the inflammation that's going on. So you might not say you eat like a, a lot of fast food and then you, your cycle or your sleep is off and then that starts raising cortisol and then you still are eating more fast food or yeah. skip Gosh. a meal. And, that, that's yeah. We know, we know the more cortisol that you produce, the more you're going to be in a sympathetic state. Yes. And the more you're in a sympathetic state, you're not recovering. Yep. It, so, that's delayed because that's not essential. Recovery is not essential for survival. So when you're in that um, elevated state, it's looking for quick energy sources. Hmm. Okay. So how do we understand things like foods that uh, are not inflammatory? Like, mm -hmm. is that a, I feel like this is all individual, but is that true? Like yeah. foods that are inflammatory, foods that aren't, foods that will produce that hormone more than others? What do you got on that? Totally. So we want to follow a, a anti-inflammatory, right? Any athlete, um, especially baseball too, because you think about like a pitcher, um, the arm usage, the wear and tear, like we want to be anti-inflammatory, yeah. decrease inflammation. Yeah. Um, and so foods that are really going to support that um, are going to be foods that are chock full of what you hear antioxidants, like berries, um, huge in antioxidants, anything with color, like fruits and veggies, those are another big one. So again, going back to keeping it simple, because guys can get really caught up into, well, what do I need to supplement that get me there when their foundation of their house isn't there? So the foundation is going to be real food first um, when you can, 
you know, and so then finding color on your plate or meal opportunities where you can add those anti-inflammatory foods, like say you get a burger, well, let's double up the lettuce and the tomato on it. And then instead of, um, cut half the fries out, so you have, you have some fries on there, but then you're adding like a fruit cup or a berries with, um, yogurt. So you're adding in some of those whole foods in there. Okay. And that's going to be really anti-inflammatory. Okay. So the burger is inflammatory. Mm-hmm. The saturated to, fat. Oh, okay. Saturated yeah. fat. Okay. Uh-huh. And is it true that if you layer in food that is sort of opposing in nutritional value, you sort of uh, create a better process for your stomach to digest it? So totally. know, like if you have, uh, you know the vegetables with the burger or some sort of, yeah. So that example, right? Yeah, so you layer totally. the food kind of, I don't know if that sounds gross or not, but if you layer, <laughs> if you layer like an <laughs> an, anti-inflammatory food with an inflammatory, pro-inflammatory. Food, yeah, you're giving yourself a better chance, correct? Totally. Yeah, you, okay. you totally are. Cause you're balancing it out. And that's the thing okay. to be, uh, cause you're not going to eat, uh, new, like a performance nutrition plan a thousand percent of the time. Mm-hmm. If you, and you try to set yourself up for that, a lot of time you see a failure and frustration. So it's like, if I have a guy that's willing to add a side of veggies to his burger, that's fantastic. Like that's progress in adding um, better sports nutrition to his plate right there. So yeah, it, it, there's it, a benefit. Cause if you eat a burger, fries and a Coke, your, your adrenals are going to be working over overdrive. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. eat that at night, right? So after a game, you have the burger, fries, Coke, or whatever. You probably won't sleep as well. Yep. Your body's going to be working. You're probably being that sympathetic. And then you're going to mouth breathe at night because you snore because <laughs> you, you're, you know, you haven't, you don't know how to sleep with your, you know, nasally breathing. And then so you wake <laughs> up and you're already in a sympathetic state. That's a bad combination. Yeah. Poor sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, and what then about this? this? Like, if you yeah. if you just like, what if you just eliminated inflam? Is it is that possible to el- eliminate inflammatory food? I think it would be very difficult, and it's not it, it. A great goal is try to have more of a performance balance where you have more of those anti-inflammatory foods and whole foods. But to realistically eliminate all pro-inflammatory foods would be very tough tough with traveling. Um, and just if there's a fast food or say a, a taco truck c- comes and caters post meal game. Well, there's, there's, great. you know, yeah, sounds great. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, well, okay. You got, you got the guacamole that's anti-inflammatory. You got tomatoes. Well, you, okay. Red meat technically. Yeah. Great source of protein um, can be pro-inflammatory. So it's like, do you just eat guacamole and tomatoes? There goes your performance plate. It's not there. So it'd be very tough to eliminate completely all pro-inflammatory foods, but finding that balance where you have more anti-inflammatory foods, like really pile on all the veggies, the guac, um, and then having that, like the let, making sure you have lettuce with your taco, like there you go. Like now you're going to mix. Is there like a list of inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods, <laughs> or is that super ridiculous to think, or does it go back to like, I mean, cause Tom Brady, right? Like he has yeah. this book of, like he eats no yep. inflammatory foods. It sounds like and he's pretty much vegan. Yeah. And there's some, yeah. there's some players that are definitely vegan and it, you just, you want to do it right. Cause you don't want to set up yourself for say, um, if you, if you have no meat products, you're 
which is definitely um, anti-inflammatory, you could run the risk of becoming anemic or having low iron stores. And then that increases risk for fatigue, fatigue and your ability to recover. So you've got to make sure you're supplementing with B vitamin um, at least the very least and that you're getting a variety. So if you're able to have a variety, you're able to have um, the ability to plan ahead and have that knowledge base. If you don't have a dietitian or a personal chef, then as a pro athlete, you can make it work for sure. But if you're just like, Hey, I'm going to cut this out. Mm-hmm. Um, it can set you up for, you know, issues with injury and just, okay, well now I'm really hungry. Could I, I cut out all meat. So I'm just going to binge on all these Doritos cause that's vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that's why you're around though too, right? Yeah. So if I yeah. wanted to go, Hey Edie, I don't want to do any inflammatory foods. Yep. I want to, I want to do the Tom Brady thing. Yeah. I could do that and still be, totally. I could still be fine for performance. Yeah. We want to problem solve. So that's how I think of it. So finding solutions to, okay, so here's the travel schedule. This is the, this is what's on the meal. Um, and if they're, you know, if they're traveling a lot, it makes it a little bit more complicated, but that's what I'm here for. And then we look at the menu that's going to be coming up and like pick the items and what snacks are they going to have on them? Um, you know, and then also like anti-inflammatory, like uh, fish, like you've got to hit up the salmon too. Um, that huge anti-inflammatory has really shown to be very important with like uh, recovery and brain and post-injury recovery too. Um, so yeah, taking a look at that. Would it, wouldn't it be helpful now? I mean, you're, you're making me think about all this stuff. Wouldn't it be helpful to have everyone's, (coughs) excuse me, everyone's inflammatory response or like their, their, Mm -hmm. uh, susceptibility to certain foods why? I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. What? Like, I can imagine if if you knew, right, a person that's yeah. an expert at this. Hey, this guy, I I know this guy's profile. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what this guy should eat. I, I feel like that would be really helpful to the player to understand yeah. exactly how they respond to certain foods. I don't understand why don't we do that? Is that is that just crazy expensive or what? What's why aren't we doing it's- that? some component and then also like what biomarkers are you looking at? So that's still, that's a coming field in that there still needs to be research and say, Hey, if a, if this player in this specific sport follows these biomarkers, say he did a blood test and they got all these biomarkers and what does the research look like? And it's just, there's not as much data where you could do it scalable. So it's still in the preliminary phase where you know, some teams are using it. Some aren't. Um, it, and it boils down to if you have a guy that's given this information and what does he do with it? So does he cut these foods out and replace it with quality foods or does he cut it out? And it's kind of like, well, I'm just going to again, overeat on this one food that I know I can eat or just not eat or skip meals or then then binge or have a lot of food. Cause he's like, Oh heck with it. Like I'm done. I'm just going to have whatever. Cause I'm starving. Yeah. But, but the thing is with your former athlete, I'm a former athlete. Like we, we want to know exactly yes. the thing with every other aspect of our performance. We want to know when I do this, this happens. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would want to know that for what I'm eating. So if I go out, I know what I'm eating is probably bad for me because it's on my list of things that I yep. was tested for. Right. And then I can go, this is really good. I'm going to hammer on this today. And so you, you act, you actually know, this is good. This is bad. 
cool. Mm -hmm. And and it all comes back to awareness. The more awareness we have around the actions that we take, then we, we, we can like have responsibility, more responsibility for our careers. You're in the driver's seat instead of the passenger seat. So awareness is, yeah, it's critical. Yeah. And so I know if I had only burgers and fries and I go out the next day and I suck. Yeah. It it may not be because of that, but it mm-hmm. it's part of it. Just like everything else. Just like it's sleep a component. and yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And so you're saying that it's hard like just that we're not there yet tech with with technology or whatever to to understand those we're, we're definitely getting, it depends on what biomarkers you're looking at. So like, I want to know if they're like, uh, ferritin levels, their iron long-term storage levels showing how much, um, you know, at risk for anemia. I want to know their vitamin D status. Cause there's been a lot of research that shows performance of vitamin D. If it's low, it's really impacted, um, calcium, phosphorus, different electrolyte panel, making sure they're well hydrated, you know, their creatine levels, um, muscle breakdown. So there's different, um, lab values you want to know. And there's also a lot of, a lot of lab values with blood work that's looking at what we don't know yet. So like mm-hmm. genetics or a cheek swab yeah. and then you get the blood and this is your blood type and this is what you yep. can eat. Yep. So that's, yeah. If it, if it's the, the first route, fantastic. We need that data. We need more mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know, so and we can really implement, yeah, your, your, your cortisol level, your thyroid's working overtime. Like what's going on from a nutrition standpoint? Let's take a look at your diet or your meal planning. So we're still, it, it feels rudimentary. Yeah. Just to look at like, do you eat Chick-fil-A or not? Like that just seems so in this yeah. day and age, it seems like. Right. That doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. but, but that's where we are. Mm-hmm. It's work. We're still, we're, I think, I think we're making a lot of progress than we were even five years ago. Yeah. So it's, yeah. each year more is developing. Mm-hmm. In five and years, like, we're going to do a, a, like a finger prick and then it'll yeah. say everything. And then you'll be like, sweet, this is what you do. Cool. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I see it going that way, which is exciting. It, we just need more research and data to support that, especially when you're looking at pro. Um, Cause you want to make sure that the activity in the sport matches the research. So, and it's like, even from next year, from what we have now available, it's going to be changing. So, which is super exciting. It's amazing that we're still discovering things about the body and the brain. And yeah. it, it, it blows me away all the time. Yeah. Like, and how they work together. And yes. like, even if you're, if you're like, I think they, there's one study I was reading where someone ate with headphones on and music and distracted. Um, and then they absorb less of a certain uh, vitamin or mineral that was in their food when they were then tested later. So it's like when we're in a distracted state or elevated stress state, how does that impact your absorption of nutrients or your digestion? And it does have an impact. Definitely. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I think I may be going in reverse here, but I, I go back to what I what I eat and how is that taxing my body and then yeah. what I eat and how that's fueling my body. Mm-hmm. Can you, I don't know what I'm asking here, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's really important. Can, are there some guidelines or how do we yeah. think about that in a better way? Yeah. So if you eat like crap, you're probably going to feel like crap. Right. Um, no, yeah. yeah. Excuse my language, but yeah, like it's just you're not going to feel as good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, you might be shifting through a fog, um, and then it also leads to genetics. Like if 
you have great genetics, you can perform pretty well. And as an athlete, I had okay genetics. Uh, I was more competitive than anything. So it wanted me to research what else I could do to be the best I can. Um, and that really would make a difference. Uh, so basically what we want to do is really have a solid foundation. So of nutrition. So if you have the building blocks there, your foundation in your house, you really can start building the walls. Mm -hmm. But if you have a cracked foundation and you put the walls up in the roof, it's going to eventually fall down on you. So finding where like, okay, what does my foundation look like for my goals? And then really getting dialed in per room, what that foundation looks like per room. I like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 when you look at specific use of a room, what's the intention of that room? Yeah. And that's getting into what specific season are you? Are you like mm. just fresh out developmental and you really want to start seeing those gains to try to make a bid? Or is this like your seventh or eighth, ninth, tenth year? And you want to mm. make sure that you're in this living room where you're really decreasing inflammation and increasing your ability to recover just because you've had a lot of you've been seasoned. It can get really specific. I saw a post by The Rock, and yeah. he was like, I eat this many blueberries with this much peanut butter. Yep. And I'm like, what? Yeah. But that, so that's the extreme end of it. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the opposite end of it to where, like maybe myself, I care about nutrition and what I'm eating, So, but I'm, I, I don't want to spend the time yeah. like looking at how many blueberries I need to eat. So I just go... Everything I buy is going to be organic. Yep. I'm going to have a vegetable. I'm going to have some protein. I know myself, I pr I'll probably overeat. And that's my biggest uh, mm -hmm. downfall with, with nutrition. But is it, can it be that simple? Are those the opposite ends of each other there? Like, hey, I have some awareness around it. I want to eat good organic food. And then you go to like measuring every single thing. And weighing and like calculating. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it can, it depends on the individual. It really does. So what does my player want to get and willing to be able to commit to? Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll meet them there and go, okay, so this is what we have available. Um, your resources, that. time. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's meet where you are, where you're at right now mm -hmm. and then set some goals. So, cause that can empower and set that foundation for success instead of just going, okay, I need a meal plan because I know I don't eat good. And then you get the meal plan and then it's like, well, I'm not going to follow this because I'm going out um, tomorrow and X, Y, Z is there. And mm -hmm. this isn't on the menu. So, I get, yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you probably wouldn't want someone to measure, unless they're trying to be a bodybuilder, they came up yeah. to you, it would be a totally different plan than a, a, a shortstop that's playing 162 games during the year. Totally. You're like, dude, you can't be measuring your food. What are we trying to do here? You got to like have a little bit of fat on you, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. there's got to be some adjustments for that. Yep. That is, sounds like a really cool part of your job. Love of, it. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's so never, fun. It's never the same. Mm -hmm. So it's a, so yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's so different. I mean, every day is different. Every player is different. And so it gets me really excited because – um, I went through injuries, poor performance, and I know when I when I became more engaged and started the sports nutrition path and like really got it dialed in, it made a huge difference on um, me be, being an okay athlete to a great athlete um, and the longevity of that too. Mm -hmm. So not just working harder, but working smarter. And yeah. then I really get to help support and advocate and like um, be their cheerleader in that. So that's, yeah. ah, that's the part I really love. Yeah. 
Okay. So give me something that like a couple things I need. Like if I'm a player, yeah. what do I need to know? Like what am I like? There's a lot of good stuff in this. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of takeaways. But anytime I've heard a podcast with a nutrition person, I'm always like, okay, yeah, I feel like I heard the same thing. Yeah. Don't, don't eat processed foods. Eat mm-hmm. good foods. Don't eat too much. Like, what, what, like, give me one or two things that I, I could put into my world that is just, I do these two things or I do this one thing no matter what in my nutrition. Yeah. So I think I'll do a broad one and then dial it in a little bit for your nutrition toolbox. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not just about, uh, you know, it's not just about how big can you be in the weight room or what are your stats, but how functional you are mm. so that you're functional through practice, through what you're doing with sleep, stress management, nutrition. So being intentional. So that's the big takeaway. So how are you intentional with your nutrition? So what capacity do you have to be there? The resources you have available um, in planning ahead. So that's with intent. So that helps set you up for that success. Speaking my language, intent yeah. with your eating. God, that's cool. Yeah. Wait, and intent goes with like how you're eating too, not mm-hmm. just like what you're eating. So mm-hmm. that, I, I'm, I'm all over that one. Okay. Exactly. Because yeah. it's like, okay, great. I can tell you to not eat processed food, but you know, what are you doing now? Like what, Mm -hmm. how can we apply that to your daily life now? Um, being intentional. So, uh, I think that's one big takeaway. Another big takeaway is eating to what you're doing. So if you're off season, that looks different than when you're in season, if you're going to be traveling, right. A lot coming up and you're like, man, I should probably get my hydration. Cause you know, I've been in Minnesota all off season and now I'm coming to Arizona completely different ask of my body with my sweat rate mm-hmm. probably going to be a little bit more dehydrated when you get there than some of the other guys yeah. so being intentional again on that and making sure that you're eating and drinking to what you're asking your body to do awesome awesome it is there like a I, I was going to end it there, by the way, but then it just made me think of <laughs> some. I, 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 pro- I love it. I need to let you go because I think we're going a little too far. But <laughs> is, how much value to, do you give to how you feel, right, physically? So I mm-hmm. feel like I'm hungry, but I just ate two hours ago. I shouldn't be hungry, but I am hungry. Like how mm-hmm. how much value do you give to that? It, yeah, just I think in general, right? Like just the feet, like how your body feels and what it's telling you. Yeah, it that can go two ways. Because are you stressed, bored? Like are you in a you know apartment? You know you're kind of waiting. Say you yeah you just got tested. You're waiting for results. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting out doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, man, I could eat. Are you truly hungry? Or are you bored? Or is it, hey, you just increased conditioning, and so you've really added that second workout, um, or you added a couple extra, you know, minutes of cardio, or more than minutes, but now you're you're actually hungry? Or did you, did you, you know, overeat for breakfast, so you ate a light lunch or skipped lunch, and then now you're like, yo, I'm hungry. Um, so it's really dependent on the scenario, and so then awareness. So checking in okay, am I bored or am I actually hungry? What do I have available? Uh Right. Or, and then if I do have that available, um, 
what do you even want to eat? You know? So if it's like a big bag of Doritos over, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, is that your comfort food or you're eating out of stress, boredom? So can you do something else Um, or have another snack and then have not the full bag of Doritos, which would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep on going back to Doritos. I don't know why, but you want some Doritos. (laughs) I do. I think I'm going to have some after this. No. <laughs> a whole bag of them. Yeah, a whole bag. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it does. It does play a part in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot to it, but it's always it's it's always changing, and it's not precise yeah. yet, unless you want it to be. Yeah, it's evolving. It can oh, get yeah. as precise as it needs to be to help support you. Mm -hmm. So help support the athlete. What are your, um, what are your goals? So that's what I like to break it down to. Yeah. Yeah. And that the cool thing for you is it changes from every sport that you, every athlete that you talk to different sports, every position, every sport. I mean, even within the same sport. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cool thing about baseball, right? Like, love it. uh, you know, maybe a starting pitcher that throws Mm -hmm. every five days, is probably a little bit different in their days off than the day they pitch as opposed to the starting shortstop or the catcher. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. And the different nutritional requirements too, just to kind of be aware of it. It's, and within even the starting pitchers, they have a a couple of them lined up, their nutritional needs will be slightly different Mm -hmm. uh, based on where they're at in their career. And also, um, genetics like mm. what you know do they keep on weight well um so maybe you know we got to increase more vegetables and, and fruit or have more protein in there um are they always hungry or they don't have appetite at all so they skip meals sometimes and then overeat later uh, so it's just looking looking very individualized even within the same position yeah this is fun i think we're gonna have more conversations with this <laughs> And I, and, and I really think guys are interested in this. I think everyone yeah. is, I think, it, I, I think what you do, whoever can make this, this, the most simple for the person to understand and then put into action yep. that that's, that's the person I want to help me with my nutrition. And yeah, you just did it really well there. So I, I appreciate that. This is fun. This is fun. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'll see you, uh, see you down here at some point or somewhere yeah. and, and yeah, we can keep talking about it, but yeah, I love it. This was you know. too much fun. So yeah. thanks. Edie. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll get after it again. Awesome. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>